In this series from Advanced Biblical Foundations, the Kingdom of God provides believers with an understanding on how to cooperate with God's kingdom while on earth. Welcome to our series on the Kingdom of God. I hope you're enjoying this journey we're on. Uh, I just want to encourage you again to, we're walking through the Gospel of Matthew and I just as a remind you, just that's a great study to do and go through, and you'll discover how many times the uh, kingdom of heaven is mentioned. The kingdom of heaven is mentioned in Matthew. The kingdom of God is mentioned in the other gospels, but they're basically the same. I just want to do a quick little review here. We started in Matthew four seventeen, where it says Jesus said, "Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand." From that point in time on, as we've been walking through the book of of Matthew, uh, that was his message. That's what he taught. That's what he demonstrated. And uh, we've walked through and looked at the Sermon on the Mount briefly, but just talking about how God's after our heart. Uh, Matthew 6, in verse 9, he tells us to pray this way for the kingdom of God to come on earth as it is in heaven. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek first the kingdom, and all these things will be added to you. Uh, we looked at uh, chapters 8 through 12, and we looked at the various demonstrations of the kingdom, of the power of God being released there. And then the last session, we talked about the uh, parables out of Matthew 13. And, and just, this is just everything Jesus is talking about. And he talks about the kingdom. The kingdom, it's his rule and reign. And we've put this off typically into some future time, uh, somewhere down the road when Jesus returns. Jesus said, no, the kingdom's here. It's here right now. And so that's why we have to change the way we think. We have to repent continually so that we can come in agreement with what God is saying and doing. So this is where God wants us to do is to, wow, the kingdom is here. It's not sometime in the future. It's not sometime past. It's here now. And so we have to continually change the way we think to view things differently so that we can understand the kingdom. Now, in this session, I want to go to to Matthew chapter 16. And this is a, and again, there's so much in here. That's why I encourage you to do your own Bible study. Go and read for yourself. Matthew 16, verse 13. I'm going to read this passage. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Well, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You're the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you, you're Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And then he commanded them not to share that. But this is an interesting passage. To this point, we've been talking about the kingdom of heaven. This is the first mention of the word church. Now, we know that the church was birthed in Acts with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. But I want to talk about, in this session, the relationship of what Jesus is saying. What is the church in relationship to the kingdom? So I want to begin with 
what he said here. He said, but who do you say that I am? This is pivotal to every one of us. It's not about what somebody else says, who is Christ. That's what he asked them. And so what, who do men say? Well, some say this and some say that. The issue is not what other people say. The issue is what do you say? Who is Christ to you? The revelation that you have of who Christ is determines how you live. And we've talked about before just the issue of, he tells us to pray to Father. Um, if it's Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Uh, our, our understanding of Father is imperative also. But what he's saying here is that, look, the, what revelations do you have of who I am? And that's why it's important for us to ask that same question to each and every one of us. What revelation do you have? Uh, I, I grew up in church where basically Jesus was preached and the, the, everything was about receiving Jesus. Um, he is life and he gives eternal life and I get to go to heaven. And my limitation of Jesus was basically as Savior, I could go to heaven. But he's much more than just Savior. He is the Almighty God. He is the Eternal One. He is the Life Giver. He is the, and his names are endless because he's God. But the reality is that he is the King, and his kingdom is here now. When you understand his rule and reign, it's not coming in some time down the future. It's here now. It changes everything. So that's why it's so important to understand what revelation do you really have. So we'll pray at the end here, but I just encourage you to think, how do you see Jesus? Uh, he's much more than just a Savior. He's much more than just a ticket to heaven. He is the King of kings, the Lord of lords. He is the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. He's the true and faithful witness. He's the firstborn from the dead. Wow, he is the great I Am. So it's important for us to understand that. He goes on to, and calls, this is a, he goes on to say, I'm going to build my church. And this is in verse 18. Um, build his church. Interesting word. First time it's used. The word is ekklesia in the Greek. Uh, it actually means a called out, it, literally to rule. Very interesting word that Jesus would use because it's, why would he use a word like that? Now remember, uh, when we read Scripture, God preserved exactly what He wanted us to read, and for us, He's communicating to us. Uh, so it's not just a, He didn't just pick words. But it's very interesting because this word is more of a secular term than it is a religious term. He could have easily said, I'm going to build my temple. Uh, they understood the temple. I'm going to build my sanctuary. I'm going to build my assembly, I'm going to build my synagogue. Terms like that could have easily been more construed as a religious term. But the reality is he chose a word that actually the Greeks for three or four hundred years before had, been, had used that term. Rome had adopted that term. And basically what it means is that they're called out as an assembly of citizens to represent, obviously, the government at that time, and so he used a secular term to say, this is my church, the church I'm building. Really interesting. But he's communicating to us a, a very important message. 
That message is, is that the church that Jesus Christ is building is built upon revelation of who He is as the King, and it's, we're called out of darkness into His marvelous light, but we're not just called out to gather together in a building. We're called out to represent Him literally as an assembly of legislative body. And why this is so important is because we've been, like I said, I was raised in church where I'm expecting to get out of here. I'm, I'm, waiting, to, I'm waiting for the trumpet to blow and, and I'm out of here. Well, as we saw looking at the parables in, in Matthew 13, uh, I'm not sure that's what God's plan was. In fact, he told us to pray. His kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven. He didn't tell us to pray to get out of here. From the beginning, God's plan was for Adam to represent him on earth. And Adam didn't do that. But I tell you, Jesus did, the last Adam. So what he's saying is, he's communicating to us, he said, look, this church that I'm going to build is going to be built upon the revelation of who I am. It's not about information. It's about revelation that the Spirit of God makes real. The Father has revealed the Son to us. And when we're, quote, born again by the Spirit, we're entered into his church. But really what it is, we're not here just to go to a building or a meeting. We're here to represent him. This is very, 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 very important. Now, I want to continue on here. I want to talk a little bit about why there is a difference between what we call church today and what he's referring to. We have a tendency to call church and I go to this church, I go to that church, I attend this church, different names on these churches. Now, please hear me. We need to be connected. So I'm not, I'm not saying we don't need to go to and attend a church and be a member serving in a local church. I'm not saying that. But, but we've got to have a higher view of what his church really is. Uh, his church are people called out of the world, empowered by him, by revelation of who he is, representing him on the earth. For example, the church that he's building is a living organism, not an institution. It's so important to recognize it's a living organism. It's relational. The kingdom of God is relational. This church's relationship about relationship to the king and relationship to one another. The, the tendency we have is that this church sometimes can be religious. We're, Paul in Ephesians talks about we're his body. We're his body. We're connected to him. He's our head. We're the body of Christ. Uh, we have a tendency, again, to, to just be a member of a church or to join a group of people. Uh, we're family. He calls us family. He says, to whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. We're the family of God. That is a dynamics that we need to fully understand. Well, again, we have a tendency to, I'm a member of a group. Uh, it's more of a social club. Uh, I don't see myself as family. And again, the enemy has done a tremendous work in trying to destroy families. Why? because we're the family of God. If we ever understand the fullness of what it means to be the family, we will live different, act different. And so we're a holy temple being built 
into a habitation of the Spirit. Uh, we're not talking about going to a building. So it's a different deal. We, we have a tendency to, to think about church in relationship to a building, attending a church. See, he's trying to get us out of that mode so where we're, we're a living organism operating and acting and moving and bringing his kingdom forth. It refers to, and it's not used this term, but we're really the army of God. We're supposed to put on the armor of God, but we are the army of God. We're supposed to be out there pushing ahead and bring forth his kingdom. Also referred to as the bride of Christ, talking about intimacy. So I'm not trying to downgrade a local congregation. We need to be connected. If you're not connected into a local group of people, it's going to be very hard for you to function practically. Because we are, yes, the mystical body of Christ. There's only one body. There's only one way in, that's through Jesus Christ. There's not multiple bodies of Christ. There's not multiple churches. There is one church that Jesus is building. He is the head of that church. But we do need to be accountable and we need to be connected into local congregations. My point I'm making here is that we've got to see that we need both. I'm part of the universal body of Christ, and in that calling, I'm called to represent the king on the earth and to bring forth his rule and his reign. Okay? Now, I want to continue on here. In verse 18, it says, I, I say to you that you're Peter, and upon this rock I'll build my church in the gates of Hades, will not prevail against it. Again, there's a lot of debate about what all that means, but the point is, is that you think about gates. I have never been attacked by a gate. Not once has a gate attacked me. So what is he saying here? The gates of Hades will not prevail. Verse 19 says, I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound, and whatever you loose will be loosed. Well, what he's saying here is that this church that's being built upon the revelation of who he is, or called out ones from darkness into his marvelous light to represent him on earth. This church, this many-membered body that we're part of, this church is supposed to literally go set the captives free. What are keys? Keys represent authority. Keys represent, so you have a key, you have the, do uh, you have probably the, right to use the key to unlock or to lock. And so when you think about a gate, what does a gate do? A gate blocks. It keeps somebody in or it keeps something out. And gates don't attack. So what he's saying here is that, look, I'm going to give you the keys of the kingdom. And I'm going to give you the keys to bind and to loose, to literally restrict or allow to happen. I'm going to give you the authority to represent me. And what I really want you to do is to understand that your job is the same job I had to go set the captives free. We've all got family members. We've all got loved ones that seem to be bound some way. Well, he's saying, I have empowered you through the revelation of who I am, through what I have shown you how to live. And I want you to now go represent me. I want you to use the keys, the authority that I've given to you. I want you to use those keys, and I want you to go and set your loved ones free. I want you to go and, 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 and or close the gates 
to where the enemy has access to some of your family members. It works both ways. Now again, we're, we're to bind whatever has been bound. We're not up here just doing our own thing. We're supposed to loose or set free whatever has been free in heaven. Uh, Jesus only did what he saw the Father do. So the kingdom is relational. So I'm in relationship to the king, and I'm in relationship, and he only did what he saw the Father do. He modeled for us how to live, what to do, how to say, and what did he do? Heal the sick, cast out demons. He demonstrated his kingdom. We've already looked at that. So what he's saying here is, look, I've now, I'm developing my church. The church built off revelation of who I am, and this church, I'm going to give to you the authority to represent me on earth. <clears throat> Remember at the end of Matthew, which we haven't really looked there, haven't gotten there yet, but Matthew 28 says, all authority in heaven and earth is mine. When Jesus says that, he's saying, look, I've never lost authority in heaven. Adam lost authority on the earth. I got it back. I've got all authority in heaven and earth. He says, now, therefore, go make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to observe everything that I've commanded you. And he says, Lord, I'll be with you always to the end of the age. We have been authorized. We have been given the authority to represent heaven. We've given the authority to represent the king and his kingdom. And that's what he's saying here. He wants us to, to go set the captives free. He wants us to represent the kingdom of God. And that's why this is so, so very important. So what do we have here? Well, we have a couple of things. We have the church is the vehicle that Christ is building to release his kingdom on the earth. The only way to be part of the church is to have revelation of who Jesus is. Once you have revelation of who Jesus is, you're part of the church, the many-membered body that's called out of darkness into his light, authorized to represent him and to bring forth his rule and his reign. I hope this makes sense. Because this is a very important transition that Jesus has been teaching on the kingdom. He's talking about this is what the kingdom is, how the kingdom, pray for the kingdom, seek first the kingdom, the parables about the kingdom. In fact, he continues a number of parables about the kingdom. But he's saying, okay, now, this is what I'm doing. I'm developing, I'm building my church. My church, people who have not only revelation of who he is, but have a relationship with him. Empowered by the Spirit to represent Him. And that's really what God has called us to do. So I hope that this makes sense because we are the agents of the kingdom. We're the ones now that's been empowered, been authorized literally by the King who has all authority to represent Him. Jesus is not here. He's at the right hand of the Father. And He says He's there until His enemies are made His footstool. But we are the body of Christ and so we're the ones to carry out the authority that he has purchased, that he literally has purchased life and victory and freedom for us. And now he's saying, now I want you to represent me on earth. Do what I did. And what did he do? He set the captives free. So I want to pray. And I want to pray for us that not only would we continually change the way we think. Help us to see the church the way he sees it. 
Help us to understand that we're, we're called here not to get out. We're called to represent him. We're, we've been authorized. We've been given the uh, ability and the, and the power of the Spirit to represent him on earth, literally setting the captives free. Let's pray. Father, we love you and bless you, and we thank you for the victory of the cross. And we thank you, Lord, that you are building your church. And I pray to everyone that hears this, Lord, you'd help us to have a revelation of who you really are. Help us to see you and not just hear about you. Help us to have a relationship with you. We thank you, Lord, that you said everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And so, Lord, we're so grateful and thankful that you would come and live and show us how to live. Give your life so that we could have life. You died our death and was buried and raised on the third day so that the victory you paid for at the cross is secure forever. And now you're building your church that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church that you're building. And so, our Lord, I pray you'd help us to understand that you have called us for a time such as this that we are your church, the many-membered body. We've been called out of darkness into your marvelous light that we're here to represent you on earth. You've given us the keys of the kingdom. You want us to go use those keys, the authority you've given to us, to set the captives free. Or you've called us to block and to lock and to keep the enemy away from the things that he would try to steal and kill and destroy. So I pray for revelation. Ask you, Holy Spirit, to help us to understand, help us to have a, an awareness of really who we are. Lord, you've called us to be your church, to be your representative. You've not called us just to go to a building or to, to attend an assembly. You've called us to have a revelation of who we really are. As Pastor Chris says all the time, let's go be the church to the unchurched. Let's be the church. Let's just don't go to church. Let's be His church. Representatives of the King. Bring forth His kingdom. Lord, we love You. We bless You. We praise You. We thank You for the opportunity You've given to us to represent You here on earth. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this timely message. Pastor Terry and Susan Moore had a life-changing encounter with the Lord in August of 1982. They opened their home to build a Bible study, which turned into Sojourn Church, now located in Carrollton, Texas. They've never been the same and hope you connect with Christ in the same way. For more, connect to advancedbiblicalfoundations.org.